0: To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss.
1: Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout season two, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops if we're stopping to get gas. Being the daughter of a certified outdoor survival expert, as she referred to him when telling her friends, has its perks. Ocean knew this, and knew that even with this knowledge her chances of survival were disastrously slim, but still higher than every other 11-year-old who'd found themselves caught up in all of this, like Ocean had. She remembered hikes out with her father into Snowden. always felt as though she was so far away from home, or any home for that matter, so far that she could fade away into the landscape and be lost forever. He hid nothing from her, kept no secrets of his craft. Not like Mother. She hoarded secrets like she was their sole keeper, a copyright she was litigious about. Only Mother had secrets. They gave her power. Secrets only she knew and kept. If only she'd been aware of how little the rest of her family cared. How vile and corrupt they made her seem. How others looked at her like some sort of plague victim. Deadly. Infectious. It was the reason Ocean hadn't thought of her since she got back home, why her father's voice was the only one in her head. Perhaps it was this juxtaposition, the love of one and the resentment of the other that allowed her to be so clearly focused on what needed to be done. The first thing she did was retrieve this small two-man tent from the spare room, along with her father's emergency survival kit, from the boot of his car. Following this, she loaded up on tinned foods and water, and secured it all in her pack. She took her time, ensuring balance and well-positioned straps, knowing this small act could make or break her chances. All the windows of the house had been blown out by some enormous nearby explosion, and she knew that staying there wasn't an option, not without her dad there, and especially not if whatever was going on in the basement continued growing. Her father had cycled to work today. It was getting towards the end of the season, and the nearby forest school had hired him out for a class talk on ecosystems or something else Ocean couldn't quite remember. What she could remember, though... Was the route he'd taken. She'd taken it herself many times before until she was too old to go to the forest school anymore. She traversed debris that had been flung down the side of the house and headed to the shed. She stopped short of her destination, her confidence deflating. It had collapsed. Probably the explosion, she thought to herself sadly. She considered heading to her dad on her own bike, but she knew now that wouldn't be an option. There's no way she'd be able to clear away everything that had collapsed onto it, let alone if it was still rideable amongst all that destruction. So, instead, she resolved to walk, knew it'd take about an hour, and figured that was acceptable. Anyway, her dad might even already be on his way back for her, and then they could tackle this together, as a team. Ocean hadn't quite prepared herself for how the walk was going to feel let alone what it would look like despite being old enough to walk to school by herself and certainly having done so many times this was the first time she'd actually been alone for a walk truly alone there were no other people making the same journey, no one she knew just a few feet away no one secretly looking out for her whether either party knew it or not no Ocean was quite alone And nothing but shadows waited for her on that long walk. Fear prickled at the edge of her skin when she'd first seen them. Her stomach gave her that funny feeling she felt whenever the teacher asked her a question she didn't know the answer to. She remembered her dad telling her that fear was power, an energy you could use to help you, no matter the situation. So after long moments spent breathing, deep-willing those feelings into something else... She felt ready to continue. She made steady progress with her head, held as high as she could manage, avoiding what she considered as eye contact with the shadows. Felt as though if she did, it might make them more real than they already seemed. Ocean knew something awful had happened, something strange and unusual. But the extent was lost on her, as it was with most people, let alone because of her age. But none of that mattered to her, It didn't matter to her that the shadows made her deeply uncomfortable. didn't matter to her that she could hear distant cries, some human, some definitely not. None of this mattered because she had a mission, a goal. Make it to the forest school, find Dad. And she knew if she just focused on that, if she could just do that, then they might just do what the bigger goal had always been, for Dad and daughter alone once Mother had left. Survive. Ocean didn't quite know why, but when she heard the sound of multiple footsteps and a conversation from around the corner, she felt deeply uneasy. Their voices punctured the relative quiet she'd grown used to, and it felt entirely wrong. Instinctually, Ocean dipped into an alleyway just before the end of a row of terraced houses. She knew heading down this path would lead her on a longer, more awkward route to the school, but knew she hadn't much trace if she wanted to avoid these people. She had only made it a few steps down the quiet alleyway, when she recalled something that made her stop in her tracks, and her heart quicken. She had to follow her dad's cycling path. If Ocean were to stray from the route she knew he'd taken there, and would take on his return, then there was a chance she could miss him altogether. The volume of the voices hadn't changed, despite Ocean having turned the corner away from them. She knew that this meant they must have made it onto the same street as she was on before. And, as she stood waiting, it soon became clear that they were only getting louder. Taking a calming breath, she half-crouched half-ran toward a collection of wheelie bins and perched low to the floor behind them. Her initial instinct was to sit down, to be as still as possible until they passed. She knew better though. The seconds longer it would take her to stand up could be the precious few she needed to get away. As she hid behind these stinking bins, it occurred to her that she could be hiding from the very people who could help her. She even considered momentarily stepping out and asking them for help. After all, she had no reason other than a gut feeling as to why she should avoid them. That was until their conversation stopped abruptly, along with their footsteps. And she heard a woman hiss. Knives out, boys. Someone in there. Number two, blue door. I'll go round back. You flush him out. Ocean's heart sank like a stone. Someone. They weren't after an animal or a creature. They were after a person. And no, 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 she thought. I'm the way round back. At that moment, she felt a firm, rough nudge against her tense leg and nearly leapt up in the air, screaming... Stifling her instinctive reaction, Ocean realised with relief it was a cat, one she would always stop and pet whenever she walked this way. Tune a breath, she thought absently. She smiled, very briefly, and remembering how much her life had changed in the past few hours, so much so that she would forget something she looked forward to so much about this particular alleyway. The feeling, however, passed like a flash of lightning. Not only could she hear the woman's footsteps heading down the alleyway now She also knew that the cat might draw the woman's attention to where she was hiding Ocean tried, in her own silent way, to shoo the cat But it was clear the tame and loving feline thought she was playing And Mock pounced on her hand The seconds until the woman would pass by were ticking away And the cat, it seemed, had no intentions of moving Ocean resolved to ignore her tabby friend and make herself as small as possible while still being poised to run. Time seemed to drag as the woman's footsteps grew closer. Then, without warning, the cat suddenly bristled and let out a short, sharp hiss. Ah! Away, urchin! Ocean's stomach lurched as a muddy boot appeared around the side of the wheeler bin and kicked out toward the tabby. It nimbly dodged away and leapt up onto the crumbling wall beside her, They cast a glance down toward her as if to say, ''Aren't you going to help?'' Ocean dared not move an inch. She held her breath as the woman passed. Tears welled up and threatened to blur her vision as she saw vicious-looking weapons hung about the woman's waist. The visible skin of her back was covered in what Ocean thought were tattoos, but that thought dissolved as the woman flexed her arms and some of the spiralling patterns cracked like dry summer mud. Ocean caught herself becoming fascinated with the patterns, Then suddenly snapped awake As if from a dream Her thundering heartbeat returned Even as she watched the painted woman Step into her private yard off the alley Without further hesitation She leapt to her feet And threw herself down the alley Back the way she'd come Only after running for a few minutes Did she dare to look behind her The street was almost entirely empty Almost A smile crept across her face then The first genuine lasting smile she'd had in what felt like days a small brown and white familiar flash flitted between the still parked cars tuna the tabby cat oh tuna breath she sighed it's just you the cat let out a small chirpy meow the one ocean always thought of as him saying hi and brushed up against her ankle tail high in the air come on little guy we've got to keep going And with that, Ocean bundled him up, which Tuna happily obliged to, and she marched onward, her pace now much quicker. The warmth of Tuna radiated onto the skin of Ocean's arm. A comforting calm slowly washed over her. She smiled at Tuna lovingly, grateful for the companionship. It seemed as though Tuna did not mind being carried and was feeling the same comfort even whilst Ocean bobbed and bounced down the road. Like it knew, as much as Ocean did, that there was something awfully wrong out there, and that certain exceptions to the norm had to be made. It also quickly became clear to Ocean that Tuna despised the shadows enormously. Every time the unlikely pair passed one, or was so much as in one's line of sight, Tuna took to digging his claws angrily into Ocean's arms. Her initial reaction was to yelp and release the cat, but she knew that's not what either of them wanted, and that actually this was an automatic response from Tuna. He meant her no harm. He simply wanted to secure himself, ready to fight or fly. Ocean smiled as she remembered her father teaching her all about the flight or fight responses that most animals they encountered exhibited, and that they more often than not chose flight. She reassured the frightened Tabby with a kind stroke and a whisper each time they passed a shadow. The claw marks were only superficial, though she was debating pulling her coat from her back and over her arms. There was no time for that, though. Even though she didn't believe the deranged hunting parties she'd encountered earlier were after her, she knew she had to keep moving. The quicker she got to the forest school, the sooner she'd be in the safety of her father's embrace and knowledge. It took her longer than she had expected to make it even close to the school where she believed her father to be. However, taking the cycle path shortcut through the forest brought her great relief. Her first step into that barely tamed wilderness felt like home. The familiar smell of pine and resin, sap and life raced up into her nostrils and filled her lungs with hope. She picked up her pace here, her footsteps solid and natural along the undulating path. Like the sailor who struggles on land after months at sea, ocean's feet were meant for the forest. Clearly, tunas were as well. His steps a little more playful now. They bounded together for some minutes, making solid progress and taking in the tranquillity of the forest. Occasionally, tuna would stop and sniff at a particularly interesting plant or chirp excitedly at an out-of-reach bird before realising that Ocean wasn't stopping and quickly bound after her. It wasn't long, however, until Ocean encountered something she most certainly wasn't expecting. The path before her. The path that had always been clear before, always walkable even if it did get muddy, was completely covered over with hugely overgrown plants and what appeared to be a fallen tree buried amongst them. Tuna didn't seem fazed by this and nimbly hopped up over the rampant plant growth. He pushed through a thick knot of brambles like they were the most minor inconvenience. Ocean looked on jealously and glanced left and right for our way around that didn't involve getting her clothes and skin torn apart by thick, green, turning purple thorns. Juno meowed at her impatiently. I'm not going through there, I'll get torn apart, Ocean replied, not even looking at him. She made to start talking again, wanted to say something absently about finding a way round, when something struck her silent. Low down between the trunk of two trees, she could see the vague outline of an oddly familiar shape one that she'd really never expected to see amongst the undergrowth, off the path. A body. She blinked a few times, trying to clear the trick from her eyes. She'd had this happen a few times before. Usually her dad was able to make her see sense, explain things clearly and logically, how shapes in the forest gloom could look like all manner of things. This, however, didn't look like one of those explain-away ones. Her throat dried. Her heart sank and pounded deep reverberating pulses in the bottom of her stomach like depth charges in the sea. Dad. 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 Her mind raced on and on and on despite no evidence to support it other than this vaguely humanoid shape. Dad. 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 A forceful but comforting nudge against her ankle pulled her from this paralysis. I've got to look. Have not I?" she said to Tuna, voice wobbly, eyes fixed on the figure in the undergrowth. Ocean shakily tightened her boots, tucked the laces in so as not to get them caught on stray branches, and took her pack off. She knew that she'd have to be nimble to step her way through the entwined roots, plants and detritus of the forest. As she took her first step, her boots sank lower than she expected, and she felt the chaos off the path embrace her. Ocean kept her eyes firmly fixed on the floor... ...and where she was stepping. Not only did she want to make sure she didn't misstep and injure herself... ...she also, in the back of her mind, was painfully aware of stepping on any forest creature's homes. This is their house. Their gardens. You're the giant. Carefully continuing, she was painfully aware that with every step she took toward the shape in the forest... ...the more she'd be able to make out the detail and the less she'd be able to convince herself that it wasn't a person that it wasn't her dad she was thankful she had to look at the floor so much but knew it could only last so long in her peripheral she saw the stump that she knew indicated just how close she was to the silhouette she stopped braved in braved out and looked up what greeted her was not her dad but it was someone she recognised Mrs Carmount, her forest school teacher from years ago and for the long second that Ocean's eyes were transfixed on her she took in every detail the woman who must have been nearing her 60s now was without a doubt dead her eye sockets were entirely empty and where the patient blue eyes had once been Finey fingers grew in their place, reaching up to the trees on either side of her slumped body. Her dark, smooth skin was now pocked with pustules and greying. And although Mrs. Carmount's body was slumped, Ocean could see now that the branches that reached down from the tree toward her were not branches at all, but her arms. From her hands, Under the fingernails More of those grotesque reaching tendrils grew They twisted And knotted themselves around the trunks of the tree Like climbing ivy Ocean knew immediately That they were not natural She'd seen natural in these woods for ten years Knew what it looked like Nothing about the way they pulsed and twisted Was meant to be It was the sickening way they throbbed though That pulled her gaze Away so quickly She cast her eyes up Down Away from Anywhere she didn't have to see the woman in the trees Mrs. Carmen. A brown and white fuzz came into view By her feet and nudged her lightly Ocean crouched then Eyes closed and pouring With tears as she embraced tuna And Tuna, despite being an independent street cat through and through, pressed his head against Ocean's knee and accepted her embrace. Or at least he seemed to. Ocean turned her feet through the forest litter without picking them up, leaving a fresh, muddy semicircle where she'd squatted and wept. She'd never be able to say how long she spent there crying over the loss of someone she knew from what felt like so long ago never be able to describe what she saw no matter the words she learned wiping her eyes she stood and made for the path she spotted earlier the one she'd hoped would prove easier to traverse than the fallen tree and the rampant plank growth. soon she found herself once again on the familiar path, aware that she wasn't far off from the forest school now thinking about it brought her hope for her father "'and sadness for her lost teacher. "'Although the conflicting feelings seemed to be culminating in fear above all else. "'What if what happened to Mrs Carmo happened to my dad? "'What if it's happening to him right now and I'm not there to help? "'What even happened to her? "'It looks so painful.' "'Without realising it, she'd picked up her pace while the thoughts raced through her mind "'and now each step was kicking up dried mud and leaves.' Before long, Ocean had broken into a full-on sprint, with Tuna padding alongside her, happy for the new pace after being sat still by her side for so long. Ocean felt a tear run from her watery eyes and smear across her cheek. She wiped it with her sleeve, made a run, looking down at Tuna, and smiling through the fear. She had no idea why this street tabby had chosen to so faithfully follow her, but he had, and she was so... Very grateful for his companionship Ashamed then That in her momentary appreciation of Tuna She failed to notice where her feet were taking her What blocked her path Quiet And darkness Was all she saw For a good long time Thank you so much for listening to our Halloween special. Ocean and Tuna will return in the future, when Ocean awakens from, well, whatever has happened to her. If you'd like to hear more stories from the world of Wake, then head over to our Patreon and check out Letters to Shadows, an exclusive look into the lives of others affected by this bizarre apocalypse. And, if you'd like some more spooky stories, then check out Nine to Midnight, a collaborative storytelling Halloween special from a range of audio drama creators. All links can be found in the episode description. Wake of Corrosion will return in spring 2024. I also wanted to say a huge thank you to all the talented voice actors who made The Order of Things possible. In order of appearance, Sarah Turner, Lee Pellington, Tatiana Gefter, David Olt, Taylor Michaels, Brianne Leeson, Kieran Walsh, Adele Cliff, Nath Barber. Thank you all so much. Take care out there, survivors. And remember, don't wander in the dark.